welcome to Don't Worry, You're Enough podcast. I'm Diane Roberts. And I'm Michaela Bennett. Hi, friend. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode. We are so excited. We were just thrilled with the beginning of our launch week and into the next few episodes that we had already recorded. And so we are just on this train riding it and so grateful for y'all to have come along with us. We're so excited that you've joined us for another episode. Yes. And this one's a doozy, actually, I feel like, but most of them are so far. (laughs) Like these have not been simple, fluffy topics. They've actually been pretty, pretty meaty things to discuss. And, and just in speaking to people about explaining what this podcast is about and explaining some of the topics that we're going to discuss. It really is a lot of things that people need. It's things that they are identifying with, but they don't articulate at all. They don't communicate with other people about it. I think a lot of times it's things that they feel, but they, but they can't articulate it. So that's been what I've noticed, especially with the friends episode these episodes that we've done so far that those really resonated with a lot of people that we didn't even, (laughs) it's just things that we, you and I talk about, like we had no idea that that everyone else kind of be on the same, on the same track. Absolutely. Same. It's exactly right. So, yeah. So you, I'll let you take the lead on this one since this was something that kind of jumped out to you recently. Yeah. So backstory, there was one Sunday night that I couldn't fall asleep to save my life. And I woke up a little bit before midnight and I pulled out my journal and I just started writing ferociously. And I will probably link a couple of my journal notes onto our blog on our website so we can kind of connect the two. Correct. Yes. Kind of connect the thoughts of what we're speaking about to the blog. And that's sort of a good reminder too, that if you haven't been to our website, there is sort of a corresponding blog that has either links of things that we're talking about, if we're talking about certain music or books or anything that is sort of pertinent that as a reference material or just as a summary, even that those are great things to jump back to. Absolutely. It's pretty much like less than a five minute read. And they've been really fun to kind of do and spin off of what we've already talked about or kind of Mm -hmm. tie the bow on it. So I had just been writing and the whole, like just the big overarching 30,000 foot view of identity. The theme of that just came. And I know we had talked about that in the beginning episode, as far as like, everything is pretty much centering around the idea in some way, shape or form. But I wanted to like, what even is it? And so I was doing a lot of just comparisons to how are we, how do we search for something that we're trying to find, but we don't know what kind of exactly what it is, which I think kind of is what identity is. It's like a known fact. It is this black and white, but we spend our lives trying to find it, recreate it, evolve it. And so I just wanted to kind of, again, ask the big questions and this is going to be pretty meaty. So we're not going to figure everything out in 20 minutes, but just kind of just some thoughts bouncing back and forth as to how it relates to us, how it relates to this podcast, different avenues of our lives. And obviously it bleeds out into other lives. So let's go ahead and do it. I think identity is things especially when younger years, identity is given to you. So identity is the titles that you are given, is the things that people give to you um, or project on you that you are this, you are a 
you are my daughter, you are my son, you are my cousin. You, it's like these sort of titles you get and it becomes very black and white. Like you are these things, you are a student, you are whatever. It's not any emotional or anything like that. It's just, this is who you are. And, and then I also, you don't have the capacity to give yourself titles yet. I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm thinking very young, not like mm-hmm. elementary. I'm thinking very young, like you're really trying to you're coming into yourself that the titles are given to you. I mean, obviously they're given to us throughout our whole lives, but when you're in elementary school and things like that, then you start receiving titles or identities that maybe aren't true. They're just how people perceive you. And then as you get older, you start giving yourself titles and giving yourself the titles sort of fade away into like emotional things so, or, or psychological things. So like, I am a worrier. I am a, I almost said psychopath. I'm a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that came to my head. Procrastinator. I am, yeah. I'm a, I am a perfectionist. Yes. I am a meat freak. Like it could be any of these things. And I, then we start giving ourselves those. And yeah, there's, it's not something, this is not a topic that you can just like take and wrap and put into a box. And that's that. But that's what I was thinking about what it was, is that it's titles first, then it's things you like people give you these things, then then you either hold on to those things or push them away and then you move on. I don't know. I don't even know if that made any sense. That makes all the sense. I very much enjoyed that. That was actually something I didn't think about in my spew of writing. I think identity always has had a negative impact, just as you said, because we're too young but people give us labels because we kind of need to know left from right, up from down. Then through school and through college and professional life and up until the end of our lives, we're always giving a title and identity. But in one sense, that's really good because we need, we need to know what things are. I had once heard a pastor kind of give an analogy of labels, kind of like in the faith-based Christian community. Whereas if you walked into a store that was like a grocery store, or if you walked into something like a Lowe's or a Home Depot, and you had this project that you're working on, you're cooking this meal without labels. I mean, picture Ikea with no words, just a whole bunch of stuff. And you don't know names, you don't know sizes, you don't know what it's for. And so on the most basic level, labels and identity help to define things that doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. make everything true. But I think for a baseline, it helps. And I even thought of that that's the wonderful thing about being human is having identity. It's the ability that we have to be self-aware, to learn, to grow, to evolve, to better ourselves. That's important because it's what sets us apart. But then it's also terrifying because identity is something we spend our entire lives trying to find in one way or another. So you don't see our pet dogs trying to find out what is our identity and you don't see our goldfish Mm -hmm. or our rabbits or our lions and tigers and bears. So I think it's very, very exceptional to the human experience that we can know a thing and have those labels. What do you think about that? Well, I wonder why we care so much. I know, right? (laughs) That's the whole reason I was like, why am I awake at midnight and I work the next day and I can't like, (laughs) and I know labels is like a huge labels and identity is a huge thing, you know, for this upcoming generation, the generation below us don't identify me or I identify as this, or you identify as that. And, you know, God bless, do whatever you want to do. But it's like, why can't we just be humans? Why can't we just be people? Why does everything have to have a label, uh, a neatly 
typed out label of like, this is who I am and here's all the things. It almost reminds me of those Black Mirror. Did you ever watch Black Mirror? Yes, I've seen a few and episodes. And like, I think it was the one Black Mirror where the episode was, it was like a social media thing where yes. they would just come to people and it, yes. their, their whole profile would pop up. And yes. it was, you could see before you even talk to them, you could see their whole profile, which essentially is what we're living in at this moment. You know, we, yeah. we don't have to speak to anyone. You could really just look at someone's right. profile. The, the disconcerting thing that I have for today's society is that people are so concerned with labels. Yeah. I do it too. For instance, so <laughs> this is probably going to be a point of contention for a lot of people, but I know that Enneagram is super popular right now and, and it has been, it goes off and on for years, uh, for generations. If you're not familiar with the Enneagram or any personality uh, assessment, they're all over. You can search the internet. There's all different types the Myers-Briggs, all these things, these personality tests. And when you take them, it gives you this neat, prim, proper display. And it says, you are the following things. And then it gives you a list of all the things you are, all the things that trigger you, all the things that that are great about you, all the things that are negative about you. And it puts it on a nice eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, (laughs) which is the most hilarious thing I've ever heard is that you can define me by an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. Mm. Like that's, you've decided Mm. that this is who I am (laughs) in this, you know, and granted I'm all for personality tests and to identify key factors in your personality that maybe you didn't, you didn't identify with, but I also think that sometimes pointing some of these things out can be very limiting to you yes. too. So for instance, the reason I bring that up is because I remember specifically yes, um, last year, and I know I mentioned it in a previous episode talking about how I was so worried and, and anxiety about my job and doing well. And I never thought that way before. I never thought I was a worrier and anxiety. I just thought that that's, I didn't have a name to it. I didn't label it. And I, once I labeled it, I limited myself to it. I had, I actually had a quote says the minute you label me, you limit me mm. because then you're putting me in a box and saying, this is what you are. And I remember talking to a coworker of mine and saying, oh, well, I'm just a worrier. You know, that's just who I am. And she goes, you don't have to be those things. Mm, that's good. That's just what a piece of paper told you. That doesn't mean you're that, you're that all the time. Right. When I think of all of these things, I think of why do we even care? <laughs> I think it instills a certain drive in us to find our purpose. Totally. It's totally connected to purpose. If someone has given us a title or a label, we either receive that. And if you identify with any of the things on the eight and a half by 11, that this personality test or anything that you take or people tell you, tells you, you kind of have something to run with, I think. Yes, I agree. It's a good outline. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel the closer we are to our purpose, the more us we feel when we discover what we're good at, what we enjoy doing. I think that's when we feel the most alive. Yeah, of course. I can think about that in a positive way of of identity and purpose. And that kind of goes down a whole rabbit trail that we'll probably go into at some point. You had mentioned earlier that childhood had kind of marked identity in a sense that when we're too young, we can't really think for ourselves. 
until we kind of come to toddler and beginning of like elementary school. And then people are giving us labels mm-hmm. and then we kind of live through that. So was there anything that you remember marking your childhood specifically or people that you knew that you could associate identity and childhood or kind of when did you discover what it was? I didn't come into my own of who I knew I wanted to be probably until I was after college. Like, you know, you don't know into those things, you know, well into like after college, I would say you really don't know who you're, who you're going to be or what your life's going to be until you get into your thirties. But that's just me. (laughs) That's just, I think there's some truth to that. Definitely. I, but when I think about specifically childhood, I, I remember instances because I was, and I know just like you, I was terribly bullied and told that I was fat or that I was, you know, it was that I was gross or ugly or any of these things. And in being a impressionable child, you know, you start to think those things, you start to internalize some of those feelings. And I was terrified. I remember to participate in anything at school that would put me in front because I didn't want to be labeled or identified as, uh, you know, someone to like, don't, don't put me in the spotlight at all because I'm going to get made fun of. People are going to make fun of my voice. They're going to make fun of all these things, just constant ridicule. And it wasn't until I just, I, I had a great teacher, honestly, I, I know, I remember this teacher that I had in, and it wasn't until eighth grade and it was my choir teacher actually. And I remember him specifically saying to me like, Diane, you have a talent. Don't be afraid of it. And mm-hmm. I remember telling him saying that I was afraid of it because I was afraid of other people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can't care about what other people think. He goes, I know I'm telling you this as an adult, you know, yeah. but I, I still remember a teacher telling me that, you know, like have, have some guts, Diane, you know, you're better than than this and you'll rise above it when I recall those things I I recall at that point being like I don't want to be a part of this anymore and so then I sort of did internalize a lot when I transferred into high school and beyond it's something that you go through I I don't know how I would approach it if I was a parent this today and trying to help my child go through something like this because honestly, what really guides a lot of kids and and into their identity is great teachers. Yes. And I think if there are a couple great teachers that people can, you know, connect with and feel like they could go to, I think it really does guide a lot of how these kids become adults and how they, how they become really caring and thoughtful and empathetic adults. Yes. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I don't think I was until I don't think I I don't think identity really hit me until I was about 14 or 15 having an early life crisis figuring out who am I what am I doing here what is life wishing that the book of answers would just rise up on a golden pedestal in my backyard I could rush down and read it and just kind of know and not have to go through the hardships of figuring this stuff out. Puberty, I don't think really does us any favors because our bodies are changing. We're trying to identify what it is to kind of go from child to young adult and then settling into our adult bodies. There's everything to do with your physical appearance and body image and figuring out what your personality is and kind of how it all fits together, connects. 
I think identity on in one sense is very hard to find and discover for yourself because everyone has an opinion about you, whether they know you or not, whether it's the location that you live in, the clothes that you wear, the influences of art and music, and just your friend group as far as where they came from. And everyone has an opinion of you and what you should be, who you are now and who you should become. And in my own experience, I find that as soon as I went against the grain of what family or society wanted me to do or behave, my identity was shut down. It was kind of like once I found something that I was attracted to or something that felt a little bit more like me, if it went against what other people envisioned for me Mm. or wanted me to do, kind of goes in line with theater and college and like everyone typecasted you and you were expected to, I mean, talk about labels, there was labels everywhere. And so part of me just shut down and I really just had a hard time communicating or being truly who I felt I was because I was either trying to appease other people or try to appease me. And I didn't, again, have like a guidebook, a rule book. And other people are like, I don't want a guidebook or rule book. I just want to be free. And I'm like, I think I need a little, I think I need some kind of parameter. Yes. Something. And again, I think to your point, no one can define us on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. Yeah. We're, I think we it's are, a guideline. Isn't, isn't it biblical? It's like we are multitudes. I think so. Isn't that what? <laughs> Sorry. Someone, all, someone fact check us. You, <laughs> yeah, all of you listening are like, what? Someone fact check But there's so much more. Hey, my, in my defense, I'm only through like five books of the Old Testament. And so you're going through the <laughs> hardest ones. So God bless. Um, I'm in Deuteronomy right now. Oh, my word. Let's man talk about identity <laughs> so many rules to live by yikes but yeah as we kind of wrap up this one and I know it kind of seems like we've gone somewhere we haven't gone somewhere just the vastness of identity the importance on one hand of labels because they help kind of guide you to what you need and what what you don't need you know yeah, they can I'm, be helpful and hurtful it's yes. the same in the same hand as with I believe everything can be it's just mm-hmm. a case of, of how you look at it so I think in the next episode and in future episodes, we'll kind of really unpack it a little bit more in our school years. And even in theater, I feel like that would just be a great conversation to come of talk about labels, talk about identity, talk about feeling lost and feeling found and we're all over the board. So thanks for sticking with us today. And I don't know, I hope this kind of sparks something in you and your family and friend group, just kind of think of when did identity kind of become something that I thought about or how was it impressed upon me growing up or through school? I just wonder what kind of conversations would kind of stem from that as far as how people felt about labels in school and branching out and becoming an adult. I think there's so much to be explored there. If you're really trying to understand what identity is, it's a, it's a combination of things of as we get older, these evolve, but it's like self-image, self-esteem and individuality. So if you can, those three things are going to ebb and flow throughout your life and your identity is attached to those things. And as you grow and you develop and new things, new hobbies, new, new entities are created sort of in your personality and in your surroundings, your identity is going to change too. And that's okay. Especially if you're listening to this and you're in your twenties, it's going to get better. All of us that are beyond our twenties are looking at you and saying like, yes, it sucks right now. It's super hard. You don't know. You're, you're kind of like a leaf in the wind at the moment. 
and you don't know where the direction is going. And what I say to you for that is that we've literally all been through it. I feel like at the age of 28, 29, there's so many life decisions that need to be made. It's very common. You are not alone. (laughs) It may happen even earlier. So that's, I was thinking about this as, as you were talking. And I, that's something that you really, really need to know is that we literally have all been through it. You will get through it too. And it, and it doesn't go away. It just, you know, as you make decisions and you grow and you develop, some things will fall away and then different identities will pop up and they may be different responsibilities in your life or, or your title change. And you go from girlfriend to wife, you go from um, employee to boss, you go from, you know, all these things change and that's okay. And you have to sort of embrace the change. And like we were saying, you know, live, live in that transition, but also Mm -hmm. kind of push yourself forward through it. And with that, your self-esteem and your self-image and, and, and that individuality that I was talking about will, will grow and develop. And then I think you, you end up learning from some of that stress that you go through in your 20s and, and figure out, like, I don't want to experience that in my 30s. I don't want to be stressed out all the time. I don't want to have to be this person that I was then. Um, let's take some bits and parts of that. And, and maybe, maybe this is who I am. I guess what I'm trying to say is that you, just because you were one person when you were, let's say 14, doesn't mean that you're that person for the rest of your life. <laughs> Can we just so, attempt a raise a hand? You are not the same person that you were at age 14. Like hand no. is raised. Like there's similar qualities that I can that have like definitely carried through. Of course. But in every decade of life, every season, I think through everything, a little bit changes. And I don't want to say that things are chipped away. If, if they're not great and not helpful to you, then yes. But as you grow, as you learn, you know, we're all evolving into hopefully better versions of ourselves. And so, yes, a hundred percent, everything changes. We just have to learn how to change with it have grace for the journey that it is going to get better no Mm -hmm. matter what it is. I love that. Absolutely. That works for me. I think that pretty much covers everything that I wanted to say. It might even be a quicker episode this time. There's so much to, you know, break down from all of that. So I think that pretty much covers it. So thanks so much. And we will talk to you next time. See you next week. Thank you for joining us. Make sure to check out our website at don'tworryyoureenough.com which links to our social media and our podcast.